you think of, we've talked about in the Christian circles about walking with the Lord, our walk with the Lord, our, the Christian walk. What do you think of when we talk about that, when you, we say the walk with the Lord? What is it that comes to mind? Walking with the Lord, yes. How you live day by day? How you live day by day? Okay. How, what else? What else do you think of? Right now, I'm walking by myself. So, if you're walking with the Lord, what are you doing? Pardon me. You obeying Him? Back in the, the ancient Rome, there were Socrates and, and others would, would t- take their disciples and they would walk by the way. And they would walk throughout and they would talk and they would have lessons and, and walk with the, with the student, with the pupil, and walk with him. And uh, walk with the Lord. You ever imagine the Lord walking at your side? You ever, ever imagine that, walking with the Lord, walking with him right by your side? We're so used to thinking of ourselves walking by ourselves. But the Lord, by His Holy Spirit, is still with us. Because remember, He said, I'll be with you always. And he, and he is. But sometimes I think it's helpful if we would take time to think about He's actually present. I can't touch Him like if I, at least not like to hold hands. Well, at least I do. <laughs> okay, I know. I won't get into that. Um, so, um, you know, I, I touch her, I feel that hand, and I feel the warmth of that hand, and I, I know what that means. She trusts me, I trust her, and we're there together, and I, I actually sense it. You know, there's that touch, that feeling touch, and I can look into her eyes, and I can see her, and, but the Lord is with us right by our side, too. Now, notice First John, let's read First John chapter 1. It's only 10 verses. We're going to read it. Notice what it says. I'm not going to do word studies and everything, although there's a couple of words I might mention. Notice it says this. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our, and our hands have handled. So you have the hearing involved, the sight involved, the touch involved. What we have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that you may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with the Son, Jesus Christ. So you have fellowship with them, fellowship with the Father, with the Son. And so it is with us. And these, Okay, verse 4. In these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. 
Heavenly Father, help us to understand what you're going to say to us in this moment, uh, this moment before you. Have your way, O Lord, and, and do the work that only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Have any of you ever heard of the Rooftop Singers? This goes back to the 1960s. The Rooftop Singers. Ever, ever remember them, the Rooftop Singers? Well, how about this? Walk right in, step right down. Daddy, let your mind go round. You remember that song? That was the Rooftop Singers. Walk right in, step right down. Daddy, let your mind roll on. Later on, it says, baby, let your hair hang down. Everybody's talking about a new way of walking. Do you want to lose your mind? Walk right in, sit right down. Daddy, let your mind roll on. Talking about a reference to walking in a drug stupor and, and being induced by drugs. You know, so they talk, the world knows about walking. Um, how about this one? By, uh, was popular by Nancy Sinatra. You remember that singer, Nancy Sinatra? You keep, these boots are made for walking. You keep lying when you ought to be truthing, and you keep losing when you ought to not bet. You keep saying when you ought, be, you ought to be changing. Now, what's right is right, but you ain't been right yet. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are going to walk over you. So, so there's this vengeful anger over a lover's way of, of living and carousing and infidelity. And, you know, and these tunes are so catchy, aren't they? And you still remember them to this day, and you remember some of the lyrics and everything else. But that's not the kind of walking we're talking about here. We don't want to walk like the world. We don't want to walk in sin or in inducement by, by uh, anything outside of the Spirit of God and being led by Him. There were five books written by John. And now, John is uh, Jesus' cousin. He is also Jesus' disciple. What are those three books? Remember what they are? The Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and what else? Revelation. Revelation. So, um, at the time of this writing, John's advanced in years. Perhaps in his late 80s, 90s, and here he makes a lot of references to, to in this book about um, uh, be, the reference to the Father, the Son, about child, being children, being born. Uh, these, these, these terms that are used, and, and there are terms that of endearment. When you think of your children, and that, that, it's hard to look back sometimes, you know. You look back and you see, you know, Isaac's 29, now our Isaac, and when he was a little babe, how cute he was, and holding him in my, my arms and carrying him around the park in Mexico, the, 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 sport, the athletic park in, of the university, and walking around with him. And, and uh, he, didn't like, he didn't like to be turned this way toward me. He liked to be turned outward and see what's going on. So I, I always had to turn him around because he wanted to see what's going on. He wanted to see where we were going. And uh, cute guy. Then, I, then our kids grow up. And uh, we, we want to see them walk with the Lord, right? We don't want them stomping on people, thinking about stomping on people with their boots or, or going in a stupor or doing things that are not correct. We want them to walk with the Lord, and we continue to pray for them and for our grandchildren and so on. So here we have this letter, this First John, and it's, the purpose of it is to promote fellowship. Look at verses 6 and 7 again. 
If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses from all sin. Fellowship. It can also mean uh, remaining, abiding with, uh, partner, partnering with, working together with, being together and, and for an endeavor. And certainly as Christians, we are on an endeavor to serve him, to lead people to Christ, to encourage the brothers and sisters. And when we go to see him, we want him to say what? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Walk. This term walk and the term fellowship, they move parallel with each other. So the, the word walk here is perimateo in, in the Greek, and it's in the present tense, continual action, and it carries the idea of ordering your, ordering your behavior in such a way as it stays within the limit of God's light. Did you notice that, that picture that we had up the first song about... Um, it, had, it showed the woods. Can you show that if you have it there? Okay, notice that. Uh, trying to walk in the steps of the Savior, stepping in the light. Yeah, thank you. Notice the, the glimmer of the, of the light coming down and showing the path, the way. You ever been on a walk like that? Well, you, maybe you start out early in the morning, and you start walking, and soon the light begins to open up more, and it begins to shine through the tree branches and lights the way so you can better walk. Walking in the light. It's, it's so neat to be able to imagine walking in the light. But we don't have to imagine it. We can do it, walk in the light as he is in the light, and have fellowship with one another. So, with whom do we fellowship? Notice again, verse 3. With whom do we fellowship? Take a look. I mentioned it just in the beginning of our talk here. With whom are we fellowshipping? Three people are mentioned here, are groups of people. You see what it is? What is it? Somebody tell me. You're not, not speaking up. Somebody? Somebody? A couple of you nodded your heads. Are you with me? Verse 3, that which have we, have, we have seen, pronoun we, have seen and heard and declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with whom? So we have the we, you know, who's speaking, John and his companions, and then we have Fellowship with whom? The Father and with the Son. All right? Because we know this very truth, we can walk with Him. You know the old, the old hymn, In the Garden? I, I, um, in the Garden. Right? How's that go? How's that begin? I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me, and he talks with me. He tells me I am his own, and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. So walking with him, it's not just being in heaven and glory with him. It's something we can experience at the present. Right now, we can experience that with him, even in the midst of an imperfect world. Now, turn to John's Gospel, chapter 1. We're just going to go there real quick, like chapter 1. Here, I thought I had a marker in it. John chapter 1, verse 8 
19. I did have a marker in it. Notice what it says. Chapter 1, verse 18. No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. The bosom of the Father. You know what the bosom is. It's right here. It's what's between the two arms, right? It's, it's, what, it's what right here, being close. And John, so here, Jesus Christ is seen as in the Father's bosom, close to him, and this term is used to express eternal and an essential relationship with the Father. And so this is John's use of the word, being close to him. And guess, and do you remember who was close to Jesus and had his head up on his breast that one night? Who was that? John. John himself. That, that's John. Look at John chapter 13 now. John chapter 13. Verse 23. Do you have it there? John chapter 13, verse 23. Notice again what it says. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. We know that to be John. There he was, close to the Father. I want to be close to him. I want to be so close to him that I can feel him, his touch. I can hear his voice. I can, I can feel his, in a sense, metaphor, you know, just thinking about his breath against my cheek. You know, I, I want to know his, his presence. I want to be close to him and to, to, to him so closely. And I know that's what you want, too. You want to be close to him. And, and you are dear to him. But we have to walk with him. We've got to be willing to walk with him. And, and, and to keep short accounts with him. Okay. Throughout the years, Lisa and Isaac and I have lived in various places besides our hometowns. I grew up in Flint, Michigan. Lisa started off in Lickdale and ended up in Fredericksburg. And then when Isaac, I think I shared this with some before, when Isaac's adopted, he, we received him when he was two days old. And uh, we had to, as part of the uh, legal and social work and everything else, we had to tell, we had to, to um, put in writing and express where we lived over the years, with whom we lived, and how long we lived there if we could, and give all that vital information just right there. Remember that, Lisa? And uh, do you remember how many times we, I mean, we, we lived, sometimes we left and came back to the same place, maybe your parents' house or someplace else? But do you remember how many times we had up to then? I do. I do. 17 times. 17 different places or different times in various places, sometimes the same places. Up to that point. <laughs> up to back and forth. That gets a little complicated, but we did it. And I, so since then, we have um, moved various times. The longest we lived in one place together was on Locust Avenue in, in Fredericksburg, for 12 years. And then now we're living with her, uh, Lisa's dad. He has dementia and caring for him for over four years now. And, that, and that, walking with the Lord. But, you know, we've moved to diff- many different places. And we made a lot of different friends. We have fellowshiped. Okay, so we lived, let me go back up. So we lived in Baltimore, Maryland. 
Jersey Shore, Pennsylvania, Missouri, Camdenton, Missouri, Chihuahua, Chihuahua, Mexico. We lived in another location in Mexico in the High Sierra called El Manzano in the state of Chihuahua. And in all these places, language school um, and all our training and mission training, uh, serving in, in the church in uh, Baltimore and in schools, Christian schools, different things. We bonded with people. We, we, we have fellowshiped in each other's homes. We prayed together. We played together. We labored in the gospel together. In fact, one of the families we're going to go, and the couples we're going to go see next weekend and spend some time with them. That's an overnight trip and, and uh, with another couple as well. And we, Lisa and I became so close to those couples uh, in, the, in Baltimore back in that day that their kids called us Uncle Guy and Aunt Lisa. And we helped take care of those kids. And we've been close friends for many, many, many years. So those early friendships mean something. Okay, so we have found that once we moved from some of these places, that nearness that we had with other people diminished. Now, some people, we've made a, a concerted effort to keep in touch with them, but we don't see them often. But there's that closeness and that bond. There's others to whom we're with, uh, live near and so on like that, that we're able to communicate and talk more often and see each other. But, but nevertheless, we need to say it takes effort to remain in fellowship with them and partnering with them, abiding with them. And, and these two couples, we've prayed for each, for each other over the years. We've seen each other through thick and thin, and we have that close fellowship. And so we want to be close to our Lord, but, we, but the best way we can be close to the Lord is to be close with one another as well. In addition, there are prayer lives and devotional lives. Be close to one another. How, close do we, how well do we know one another? Do we trust one another enough to, to share our feelings with, our thoughts, and to still be accepted and loved? And, and, you know, we need to consider that. I'm not sure if you, we would talk and share. You would realize and be able to share with me similar to our experience. There are some people that you're just very close with and you can be that, have that kind of intimacy. And I, I want that close intimacy with my Lord, even greater soul than that. So, look at, oh, do you feel that like Christ is far away from you? You ever feel that way, that Christ is far away from you? I had a pastor one time say, you know, if you feel like Christ is far away from you, who moved? Who moved? So examine, I want to encourage you to examine yourself and how much time you have set aside to draw near to the Lord, to fellowship with Him, to hear from Him, and for He to hear from you. And, and, but, you know, I find with myself, sometimes I get so busy talking. And, and, you ever been with someone like that? You, you ask them how they're doing, and boy, they'll tell your whole life story from here to here. And you say, oh, I got a similar experience, but they never hear you. They never hear what you have to say because they do all the talking. So the Lord wants us to, to, to tell him about all our concerns and everything else, but he also wants us to listen to him because he has some, something special to say to us in our times all the time, in the midst of our joys, in the midst of our hurts and disappointments as well. <clears throat> Notice chapter, uh, verse 6 of chapter 1 of 1 John. Again, we'll go back to that verse. If we say that we have fellowship with him... And walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. 
The word darkness here is a, is a, a noun skultos, skultos. It is used by John only two times in his five books. Here in 1 John 1, 6 and later in John 3, 19. It is used metaphorically of moral and spiritual darkness. So fellowshipping with God and walking in the darkness are mutually exclusive experiences. Either we're walking with him in his light or we're not walking in his light. The Lord also says in 1 Corinthians, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. First Corinthians four verse five. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. So here we have that God's going to bring things to light, and He's going to these darkness will be exposed. Light exposes darkness. If we were to turn off all the lights in the house, don't do that. But if we were to turn off all the lights in the house right now, the sanctuary and outside in the hallway and all that, it would be very dark. We won't see each other very clearly, if at all. So it's hard to walk. get up to try to walk in it. We'd probably stumble. I'm finding that I, as I get older, it's a little more difficult to see in the darkness. And uh, we'll stumble. But the moment that one little light comes on, we begin to see them a little more clearer. And then another light comes on. Then another light. So pretty soon we have, have light. But even here in, in, in this sanctuary, we can see where there, there are shades or shadows here and there where it's not quite as bright. I see a shadow over here and over there. Over near the other post over there, there's shadows of light. But the more light there, there's given, the better we can see the better others can see, the more that we're expressing that light through our lives, the Lord's light, the better others can see Jesus. The people of the world hold the Christian in contempt who has turned his back away from God. He might act heavily while in church, but live like Hades the rest of the week. And by such draws the disdain and distrust of his character by those in the workplace as well as those in the home place. And I've seen this time and time again in my experiences in ministry where people are one thing on Sunday but a whole other thing during the week. Word gets to me, I meet people, I talk, I see these people in action and in other, in other, um, in other places and, and sometimes I had to say something to somebody I knew that is a believer but was acting contrary and not really shining the light but, but was in darkness. And so we have, we have that responsibility to encourage one another to be the light that we ought to be. We used to sing as children, what, what's that little song? This little light of mine, I'm going to do what? Let it shine. I'm going to do it. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. And here we are. Today, we're in a place we, where we are. And we have that same enthusiasm. I, I, I think sometimes we have the same I often say you can often uh, you can see the little boy in a lot of men. There's still a boy in me, but my body doesn't want to do what it used to do. I still want to go out on the court and play basketball with those boys, but I can't do it. I, I can't do it anymore. 
But we need to have that same enthusiasm that we had when we come to know Christ, when we first stepped in the light. And, and have that enthusiasm, like Lee Dystra, back when I was a, a counselor at 14 years of age, Tri-State Bible Conference, Port Jervis, New York. And Lee Dystra came to me eight years old. Back then, you called camp counselors aunt or uncle. He said, Uncle Guy, he, he said something like this, you know, I, I really don't understand. I want to understand, how can I know Jesus as my Savior? Well, I said, well, sit right down here, Lee, we'll talk about it. So we did, and shared the gospel with him again. And Lee says, ah, oh, man. He says, I got to tell everybody about what I just did. I trusted Jesus. He ran down the hallway, went through the doors. Then the, the old um, building of the doors, the screen doors slants, boom, boom, boom. I can hardly keep up with him. He's skipping down the side, sidewalk. He's saying, I trusted Jesus. I trusted Jesus to be my Savior, he said. Lee Dykstra, eight years old. And he keeps running from one person to another. He says, I trusted Jesus. I trusted him as my Savior. Do you remember the day you come to know him? What was it like back in those days when you first trusted Jesus and, and the life that just seemed to be in you and, and, and it was, came through you? And I think I may not be able to skip like Lee did that day. I may not be able to run out of the house. I may not be able to jump into Uncle Guy's lap <laughs> or Uncle Pete or whatever it was. But I can, with the same enthusiasm, I can share Jesus with other people. Shine that light. Let your light shine before men that they might see what? Your good works and magnify your Father which is in heaven. That's what we need to do. What, what, is, your, what is your walk like today? What is your walk like? walk like. In Ephesians 5, 8, it says, you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Colossians 1, 13, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Matthew 5, it says, you are the light of the world. A city sent on a hill cannot be hidden. And again, it goes on to say, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And again, we see in Romans chapter 6 where it says that Christ died and he was buried and he rose from the dead so that we might walk in newness of life. So that, that's our walk. Do you walk as if you have new life in Christ? Do you walk in such a manner that Christ can be seen in you? Do we do that? Do you have something in your life that's keeping you from being able to walk with the Lord in that manner? That people say, like one day, back again, it just happened to me a few times in my life, where somebody pulled into the service station one day, and I was serving, you know, I was washing the, the windows, and back in the days when service was given, I was checking the oil, and and then the person inside said, hey. He says, yeah. He says, are you a Christian? I said, yes. He said, well, I, I said, she said, I could tell. I said, how could you tell? He said, just by the way you're acting, just by your behavior. And so it is. Let's walk in the light as he is in the light. Let's continue the fellowship with him, with one another, and let him have his way. And in this dark world, so you shine in your corner, I'll shine in my corner, and together we'll get that light out 
and we'll still see the work of God in, the, in our society and in our communities and our neighborhoods and among our friends. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I thank you for the victory that, that we have in you. You said, Lord, in your word that those born of God overcome and are victorious over the world's evil practices. That we have victory and we can have conquest and we can see souls saved and our lives be more in touch with you. And this is what we want, O oh Lord, to be used of you. So we, trust, we choose to trust you today to have your way with us and that despite of life's problems and tests and trials, that we give enough thanks to you and have enough gratitude for you to let your light so shine in us that it will go forth through us and Jesus will be the only one who's seen in us. So we ask in Jesus' name, amen.